Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, or listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple for listening on there. Share around with others and follow on there as well. We have X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Find, follow, like the page there. Uh, you'll get episode updates, news, and highlights from across college and NFL football. And you'll get trivia questions on today's Instagram stories. Go and answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Okay, so NFL day today. A lot happened, you know, in, the, in week five of the NFL, including including news that we're going to get out of from Indianapolis. And this is off the field news that bleeds onto the field. So we're going to talk about that news out of the Indianapolis Colts. You probably already heard it. Came out Saturday during college football games, but we're, it doesn't matter. It's football. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to, you know, you know, break it down and just, you know, talk about, you know, what, in a way, why and what does this make, like, this, you know, how the, how it all unfolded and ended and, does this really, you know, is this the right move and does it make sense? We're going to find all that out. We're going to talk about injuries. We're also going to talk, you know, the injuries keep piling and piling up. We're going to talk about the latest injury report throughout the National Football League. We're going to talk about week five, recap the games there. We're going to preview and predict week six. And just keep plugging in the Pigskin Frenzy, guys. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, like each episode. Leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, Apple. Share around with those and follow on there. All platforms Keep plugging in the pigskin frenzy. Before we get into the games, we're going to quickly go over what's happening in Indianapolis. And let's just, you know, get the Jets. You know, we're going to, you know, get the Jets. We're going to fly into the Jets. And then we're going to fly in to what's going on in Indianapolis. So, according to NFL and ESPN's NFL insider Adam Schefter, the Colts have signed running back Jonathan Taylor to a three-year, $42 million extension that includes $26.5 million guaranteed. Three-year extension. Let me repeat that. I'll say it again. Colts signed running back Jonathan Taylor to a three-year, $42 million extension that includes $26.5 million guaranteed. That is according to ESPN's NFL insider Adam Schefter. Now, what's so weird about the whole thing, and you're thinking, okay, didn't he want to be traded like a few weeks ago, like a few weeks back, a few weeks ago, still working on a trade? He asked for a trade. Uh, the relationship was dissolving. That was what was happening a couple of months ago. But Jim Irsay said it. He said it. I guess the vision and the prophecy became true. I'm not going to trade him. Not or not going to release him or trade him. Not now and not in October. It's October. And he's still with the Colts. <laughs> Have y'all noticed that on that quote? That quote couldn't become even more true because he got the extension that he wanted. Three-year, $42 million extension. That includes $26.5 guaranteed. This arguably makes him, if not the highest running back in the market today. So uh, Jonathan Taylor, solid back, by the way. Him, McCaffrey, Saquon, all those guys, solid backs. And this is the money that, the running back market does deserve. I went on a rant about that a couple of months ago on an episode. Go and recap and watch, you know, just listen back on that or watch it on YouTube. But 
I talked about the state of the running back market. I was frustrated with it because it wasn't right. It didn't make sense. But this money is right. I think it, it fits and aligns, uh, and it's fair to Jonathan Taylor. New York Giants, take note to this deal right here. If, if I'm the New York Giants, I'm taking note to this deal right here. Good deal, fair deal all around. Jonathan Taylor certainly deserves it. Congratulations to him. What does this mean? He's a Colt. He's a Colt for the next three years. And I, I honestly thought that he wasn't going to be. I thought uh, um, the Miami Dolphins were calling. I thought the Denver Broncos were going to be calling. I thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to be calling. But it seems not. It seems like the Colts wanted him, uh, and he... You know, hey, money talks, right? Money mends fences, apparently, in the the way of the world. So, congratulations to Jonathan Taylor. He got a three year, forty two million extension that includes twenty six point five million guaranteed. He is back with the Colts. It just didn't make sense to me because I was so shocked because I thought he wanted to be traded. Now, I guess he's in it. He's in. He's in it for the long haul. He's in the plans. He will debut this Sunday against the Jaguars and. I, they are expected. He's he, he was practicing all week. He's healed up. He's ready to go. He's ready to he's ready to play some ball Sunday. Uh, they're factoring him into the the playbook and the game plans. You know for Sunday's game against Jacksonville. So uh, Jonathan Taylor, he is in it, man. He is with the Colts still. I'm kind of stunned that that that's how this all this how this all drama ended. Uh, apparently, money has mended the fences between the Colts ownership and Jonathan Taylor. They're united, and in the pro, in the in the locker room, uh, in the locker room reporters when you know when they were in the locker room interviewing him, he was all smiles. He was all smiles. He was ready to go, and apparently happy to be back and ready to go play some football. So week five, Jonathan Taylor is ready. Uh, I thought a trade was going to happen, but I guess not. You know, Colts got to him and Colts struck a deal. So the Colts gave in to a deal. So congratulations to Jonathan Taylor. He makes his debut Sunday against Jacksonville. Now. Let's recap week five. Let's talk about some football, uh, some football games that happened and some of the games that we talked about and predicted. Uh, starting with Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Buffalo Bills, the international game in London. Jacksonville the week prior beat the Atlanta Falcons in London. Uh, the Bills making you know the jump to London, traveling. Von Miller did make his debut in this game. He played and. It's a game that I didn't expect. I said the Bills were going to win. I was wrong. <laughs> you know, a common theme around here on Pigskin Frenzy, right? I've been right a lot with these NFL games. I've been right with college games. But, you know, once, once I get some stuff wrong, I can get some stuff wrong. I was wrong about this. Final score, Jaguars 25, Bills 20. If you look at it, uh, I... It's not really shocking that the Bills lost to this team. Jacksonville's got a solid football team. They're solid on offense. They need a little bit of more work on defense, a little bit more work on stopping on stopping big time, you know, big time ch- like chunk yards of plays, but but Jacksonville still got a team that is up and coming and they're still building an all-around team to try to make a run at a championship in the near future. Probably this year, who knows, but Jacksonville looks good. They're 3 and 2. The Bills are also 3 and 2 now after dropping this game. So final score Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars 25, Buffalo Bills 20, Trevor Lawrence 25 for 37 with 315 yards and a touchdown. He had seven carries with 31 yards. Travis Etienne, he balled, man. He was probably a big reason why this team won the game this past Sunday. 26 carries with 136 yards and two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley had seven receptions with 122 yards. Zay Jones, three receptions with 23 yards and one touchdown. Defensive back Darius Williams was the highlight 
night for this Jaguars defense with seven tackles and one interception. Let's go with the Bills really quick before I break down these two teams. Josh Allen, 27 for 40 with 359 yards and two touchdowns with one interception. He also had four carries with 14 yards and, an, and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs has been the man. Let me go on and tell you something. He has been the man this season for the Buffalo Bills. He has racked up all in every on in almost every game 100 plus receiving yards a game. He has been a lethal weapon this season. He is not playing around so far for the Bills. He has eight receptions with 121 yards and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis had an, also had an, another uh, amazing game. Six receptions with 100 yards and a touchdown. Linebacker Terrell Bernard, uh, Bernard was the highlight for the Bills defense with eight tackles. So he played good, and the Bills defense played good. They tried to spark a late comeback, but it wasn't enough to stop, you know, what Jacksonville was doing that game. Uh, they had a good rhythm on offense. Trevor Lawrence was, looked well throwing the ball, and the, the run game with Travis Etienne was just impressive. I mean, he was running the ball, you know, lights out. And the South, uh, honestly, and if if you had to look at it, the Colts look good, the Texans look really good, and the Jaguars look good. I, I'm surprised by the South. The South is kind of stepping up in the AFC. Um, and it, it's one of those things where you can't – too. It, it's funny because it's October. In college, you would be like, okay, we're starting to see some teams spread out, you know, make the jump. This season in football, and probably in college too, it's kind of it really just too early to tell who's making the jump and not, who's who's spreading out and not. It looks just real co close, real competitive. We just don't really know at this point and early on in the season. So, I mean, whoever wins the South, you know, it's kind of a shrug at this point, kind of a guess. I mean, kind of prediction at this point. So, but Jacksonville, the defending AFC South champions, looks like they could be probably the front runners. They looked really, really good against the Buffalo Bills, and this is a big time win against a, probably an elite quarterback in Josh Allen as well. So, uh, Jacksonville looked good. They looked good on offense. Buffalo, let's move on to them really quick. They looked good on offense per usual. Um, defense kind of took a big hit. I'm going to get to that with the injury reports in a minute, but the defense kind of took a big hit there. It was good to have Leonard Floyd, I mean, uh, Von Miller back with Leonard Floyd on the defensive line. And you guys got, you guys, you know, you got guys like linebacker Terrell Bernard, uh, you know, making big time tackles and plays. So Buffalo is going to be just fine. I just think that Jacksonville ended up becoming the better team that game and they just were ready to play. So final score, Jacksonville Jaguars 25, Buffalo Bills 20. Both of these teams still have much to play for. Both three and two. They both look good. Uh, it was a good game. A late comeback attempt from the Buffalo Bills denied by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams look solid. Uh, I can't wait to see what these two teams do uh, respectfully in their divisions and throughout the rest of the year. Moving on. Eagles at Rams. I said that you got to stop Puka and Nakua. Um, you got to contain them a little bit. And they did to a degree, but he still got his yards. So, final score, Eagles 23, Rams 14. The Eagles look good. They look just a little bit like they're they're on a uh, they're how do I word this? This is the best way to word this, I guess. Let me restart this. The Eagles look good. They just look like they're in some games that they weren't expected to be in. Right? They're competing with these teams. Um, 
And let's just go over the stats, and then I'll talk about the Eagles and the Rams. Jalen Hurts, 25 for 38 with 303 yards and one touchdown with one interception. 15 carries with 72 yards and a touchdown on the ground. DeAndre Swift, 17 carries with 70 yards. A.J. Brown, six receptions with 127 yards. Played a lights-out game. Dallas Goddard, eight receptions with 117 yards and a touchdown. Safety Reed Blankenship and defensive back cornerback Darius Slay were the highlights up for the Eagles defense with nine total tackles between the two. They both look good. They stopped some crucial plays, and they look good on defense. The Rams, Matthew Stafford didn't have a bad game. 21 for 37 with 222 yards and two touchdowns. Kyron Williams, 13 carries with 53 yards. They had to get the ground game going. I was one of those things that they needed to do. They kind of fell a little bit short on that, but Kyron Williams did play okay, but kind of fell a little bit short on, you know, trying to get things in motion, you know, to try to beat this team. So Kyron Williams, 13 carries with 53 yards. Cooper Cup is back. He, you know, played his made a season debut Sunday. He couldn't do it because offseason, you know, offseason issues with his hamstring uh, that forced him on the IR for the first four games of the year. Cooper Cup returned eight receptions with 118 yards. He played like the offensive player of the year a couple of years back. So Puka Nakua, seven receptions with 71 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tutu Atwell also caught a touchdown pass as well. Linebacker Ernest Jones the fourth was the main highlight for the Rams defense with 10 tackles. He looked good for the Rams on defense. Now, both teams, they, they're fine. I mean, the Eagles are fine. They're undefeated. The Rams, the Rams look good. They just got to, they just, it's just one of those things where you look at the Rams and you're like, Okay, they're good, but they still got to work on X, Y, Z. And as I'm pulling up the schedule here, the Rams Sunday have a NFC West match against the Cardinals. Uh, they're two and three. Don't panic. Don't push, press the panic button on the Los Angeles Rams. They look good. They just look kind of suspect in certain areas, uh, i.e., you know, secondary. I think the secondary is one of those uh, positions for the Rams that you're, you're just kind of you know, right now. So, and that's okay. That's okay. They're going to get it. They can get it fixed. I believe in Sean McVay. I believe the Rams. I think the Rams are a solid team. Do I think that they're going to beat a win? Do I think they're going to win the division right now? I will get to that question at the end of the episode. I asked the question, but I'll get to it at the end of the episode, uh, you know, later on. So the Rams look good. But are they up there yet? I don't think they're there yet. They won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and they were up there. But, but this season, they're not up there. So I think they're good, and I think they're a playoff caliber team, but they're not winning a title just yet again in the near future. So let's just... Pump the brakes on the Rams on winning a title yet, but let's focus on one game at a time. I think the Rams look good. They just need to, you know, clean up some air, clean up some areas, mainly the secondary on defense. The Eagles, five and zero, look good. They're just they look like they're competing in some games, and that's okay. That's a okay. You know, these games are going to be tough. It's eighteen week season, and it's the National Football League, so nobody's going to just, you know, expect you to go out and like, you know, all games are usually going to be close in the National Football League. That's just how it is. But the Eagles have the talent to probably pull away in some of those games, and they're really not showing any separation when it comes to, you know, 
when it comes to playing and talent-wise on the field, they're not really pulling away and, you know, winning these games by a decisive, having a decisive victory, you know. It's, you know, comes down to the wire with the Eagles so far. And last season, it was different. Last season, they were a decisive team, uh, made it to the Super Bowl. They were the Super Bowl runner-ups from last season. And they were a team that, when you looked at them, they pulled away in a lot of these football games. They blew people out in a lot of these football games. So uh, let's see what the Eagles do. They're 5-0. They look good on offense. They look good on defense. They look good, and they are amongst the elite in the NFL. Not just in the NFC, they're still amongst the elite in the NFC. So uh, in the NFL. So let's just see what happens there with the Eagles. Final score, 23-14. Eagles route the Rams. They move on. They are undefeated, 5-0 as they get ready for Sunday, try to make it 6-0. So, Eagles, 23, Rams, 14. Rams back to the drawing board. Let's see if they can get a win against the Cardinals Sunday in an NFC West showdown. Moving on, 49ers and Cowboys. Sunday night football, I said this game was going to be a doozy. I said this game, I keep saying that word doozy. I said that on Tuesday's episode too. So, you like me saying it, I'll keep saying it. But it is a doozy, right? This game was pretty, you know, pretty interesting. Because, I mean, look. The, the best defense going into that game in the league against probably one of the most elite offenses and overall teams in the league. And it was one of those things, something's got to give. Christian McCaffrey, a front runner in the, in the, in the uh, MVP race. And then you got the Dallas, who's got, you know, arguably the number one defense in the NFL heading into that game. So when you look at them, it's like something's got to give, right? But Dallas has not, has not, and I said this, has not faced an offense quite like the 49ers yet. This game really did prove to be right when I said that. Final score, 49ers 42, Cowboys 10. You can almost hear a pin drop. Home game for the 49ers, doesn't matter. Final score, 49ers 42, Cowboys 10. Cowboys has got a great and solid defense that got hung 42 on them. Let's go with the stats before I get both, get back to both of these teams. I was just shocked when I just, you know, watched the game. Brock Purdy, electrifying, 17 for 24 with 252 yards and four touchdowns. Y'all keep hating on Brock Purdy. Y'all keep hating on him, but he is playing and leading this team to 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 some some wins. They're undefeated. They're five and zero. Christian McCaffrey, the MVP front runner, nineteen carries with fifty nine yards and a touchdown, two receptions with twenty seven yards. Jordan Mason, their other back, Elijah Mitchell. I don't think Elijah Mitchell played this game, but Jordan Mason, ten carries with sixty nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kyle Uzcheck, their fullback, four receptions with twenty six yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, four receptions with fifty eight yards. Debo Samuel, three receptions with fifty five yards. And George Kittle, the people's tight end, got three receptions with sixty seven yards and three touchdowns, a career game for George Kittle. The defense was a force as well by getting four takeaways. Fred Warner getting a pick as well. Uh, This defense was solid. They were all over this Dallas Cowboys offense. 
four takeaways, a fumble, and three interceptions. Speaking of three interceptions, let's go with Dallas. Dak Prescott, 14 for 24 with 153 yards with one touchdown and three interceptions. Uh, Tony Pollard, eight carries with 29 yards, four receptions with 49 yards. CeeDee Lamb, four receptions with 49 yards. Uh, Kevontae Turpin, one reception with a touchdown for 26 yards. The Cowboys defense played good to start. But as the game got deeper, for the first time this season, they just could not stop anybody. They couldn't get anything going. The Niners were all over them, start to finish. Uh, Special teams, defense, offense, the Niners won in every aspect of the game. Dak Prescott uh, made the wrong decisions. He threw a lot. He threw three interceptions, and it was pressure. He was pressured. Uh, the, The Cowboys just couldn't do anything. They just could not do anything. It's a, it's such a weird shift because they blew out the Patriots the week before, and then they get blown out by the Niners. The Patriots are turning out right now to be, and this is what's happening in the, the past few weeks, I was really high on the Patriots, but after the past few weeks, I've kind of just kind of, my confidence has lowered in the Patriots, and I, I think that the Patriots on offense are, are not as strong as they were. Now, or as I thought they would be, now you face the 49ers the next week and the Dallas Cowboys are didn't know what to do. They were kind of shell-shocked in this game. They only put up 10 points. They had uh, a field goal and then a touchdown, and that was just about it. Uh, it, it, it. It was one of those things where you look and it's like, wow, man, I... We don't know what to do here. We don't. And then the Niners kept scoring. The Niners just wouldn't stop. Uh... 42-10, there's really nothing much to say. Cowboys, they're going to go out to the drawing board. They got a tough game against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, coming up this Monday on Monday Night Football. The Niners, well, the Niners have a interesting game coming up this Sunday as well as they take on the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to provide a an interesting game for them. I think the Niners win it, but I think, you know, they're going to provide an interesting contest for them coming up Sunday if Deshaun Watson does play due to his shoulder injury. He hadn't been practicing. Uh, that's that's the latest update on Deshaun. But when you look at the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys, they could do, they, they, they're going to be in it. Trust me. I think they're going to be in it. Just give it time. It's the regular season. They're going to be in it. Now, now, the Niners. They're the best team in the league so far. Title of this episode was, So Who's the Best Team in the League So Far? They're the best team in the league so far. Do I think they're going to win the the NFC West? To answer the Rams question from earlier, I don't think the Rams are going to win the NFC West because I think that position is already filled by the San Francisco 49ers. I honestly think the Niners are going to win it. I think the Niners right now are the best team uh, they already got a win over the Rams, by the way. Uh, I, they already got a win over the Rams. So I think that the Niners are the best team currently in that division. I think they're the best team right now so far in the NFL. The most complete team in the NFL is the San Francisco 49ers. On offense, defense, special teams, start to finish, I don't think right now there's been anybody better but the San Francisco 49ers. Now, that's not a knock at any other team. I think all the other teams have been, I think there's there's been a lot of teams that have been playing good. But right now, currently, I think the step and the advantage goes to the San Francisco 49ers. If the Super Bowl was today, they would be in it. 
There's no doubt in my mind. I know they would be in it because they're good. They're that good. They're playing a lot better than they did last season. Uh, they got an they got a chip on their shoulder after what happened to them in the NFC Championship game. Uh, they feel confident and how they run their plays. They look really well running plays. They look good overall. There's, to me, nobody better right now than the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so, to me, who's the best team in the league so far? The San Francisco 49ers. So, final score, 42, Cowboys 10. They just ran into a brick wall. That's all it was for the for the Cowboys. They ran into a brick wall. I think they have a good defense still, but when it comes to facing a top offense like that, something had to give, and the Niners... You know, didn't want to give it up so far. So 42-10, the Niners not only beat the Cowboys, they kind of dominated the Cowboys that game. So the Niners defeat the Cowboys and dominated the Cowboys. What does this mean for Dak Prescott? I don't really rightly know. I think Dak will still be playing and still going all, but he did not have the best of nights uh, for the Cowboys. But final score again, 42-10, Niners route and dominate the Cowboys. Last game before we move on to the injury list and week seven preview and predictions, Raiders and Packers. Uh, interesting Monday night football game. I, I tuned into it. I was kind of shocked because there was it was a very it was and you know what? I actually said this. I think this is one of the scores that I got right. I think I said, I think if I remember correctly, I said a 17-14 type game. And it was. I got the outcome and the score and like the scoring part right. So this game I completely actually nailed. Uh final score, Raiders 17, Packers 14. I'm I'm cracking myself up now. But for 17-14, the Raiders beat the Packers. I, I and I just think the Packers and I said it and it proved me right. They're just not there yet like the Raiders. The Raiders aren't there yet either, but the 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 pack the Raiders are a little bit more of a head than the Packers. Let's go with let's go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. 21 or 22 for 31. By the way, he's back from his concussion. He cleared protocol. 22 for 31 with 208 yards and a touchdown with one interception. He also had four carries with four yards. Josh Jacobs had 20 carries with 69 yards and a touchdown. Five receptions with 20 yards as well. Jacoby Myers, seven receptions with 75 yards and one touchdown. Devontae Adams, four receptions with 45 yards. Uh, Divine Diablo, safety and cornerback Marcus Peters played excellent on defense with a total combined 11 tackles between the two. Those are the two highlights for the Raiders' defense. When you look at the Raiders, they played well. Uh, they played like they had a chip on their shoulder at home. They wanted to get this win for the home fans, and they wanted to, you know, they wanted to get a win and add it on to the season. Uh, I felt like this was a statement game to like try to get things going for them because there's been a lot of frustration on the team due to uh, the direction of the offense, and it wasn't a, the best offensive performance by no means. It was not. But it was a step in the right direction on trying to get a win and trying to, you know, and not only that, beating the Packers for the first time in about, I think, I think it was beating their, this is their first win of the Packers since the late 90s, early 2000s. So it's been about, you know, 20 plus years since they've gotten a win over the Packers. So this was their first win against them in a, quite a while. It's a big-time win, and it's a good way to end Week 5 for the Raiders in, in, in a step towards the right direction. The Packers 
kind of look like they're going backwards a little bit. I'm not going to lie. They look like they're going backwards. Let's go with Jordan Love. 16 for 30 with 182 yards and three interceptions. Two carries with 37 yards. A.J. Dillon had 20 carries with 76 yards and a touchdown. He took over the running duty, a majority of the running duties since Aaron Johnson did not play. Christian Watson, three receptions with 91 yards. Luke Musgrave, uh, Luke Musgrave, sorry, Luke Musgrave, six receptions with 34 yards. Safety Rudy Ford was a big part of the Packers defense. He had six tackles and an interception. So the, the Packers defense played well. I think the Packers defense is not really the issue. They played good, behind, especially behind Rudy Ford in the secondary. I think the problem was they just couldn't get anything, have, have a rhythm on offense. Uh, no Romeo Dobbs. He wasn't really a factor. Uh, Jordan Love turned the ball over so much. And they were trying to get something going, you know, in the ground. And the ground they did for a degree, to a degree. They got something going on the ground, you know, all, all, like run the ball with AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon was kind of a uh, their their best bet on offense this game. But Jordan Love just kept turning the ball over, and he wasn't really consistent with his with ball security and and decision making. So it was kind of tough night for the Packers on offense, and it was a tough night on offense overall. But I mean. If you want to just, if, and I just, it was a classic game of, you know, okay, who's going to play just a tiny bit better? Who's going to, who's going to break away here? And the pack, and the, and the Raiders did. The Raiders, and I said this, I said the Raiders are just a step ahead. And this, this was this, all this game was just about who's a step ahead of the other. Right now, the Raiders are a step ahead of the Packers. Now, the Packers, I believe, and I have confidence that they'll get there in the future. But right now, they just got to work on th- some things. Uh, I think decision-making in Jordan Love's area as a quarterback needs to improve. Um, I get it. This is his first year starting. And I do believe in Jordan Love. But you got to develop more with your decision-making and your preciseness of your decision-making because he can't be throwing three interceptions a game. You know, uh, he's been... The decision making uh, has has come to a boiling point now, and it's one of those things where now week six is rolling around, and we got to start, you know, making better better decisions, you know, throwing the ball and better decisions and better, you know, better throws in different tight windows and different tight areas. So, uh, final score: Raiders seventeen, Packers fourteen. Raiders were just a step ahead and are a step ahead to the Packers currently. So uh, that just about that's just about does it for the week six, uh, week five recap. Uh, we got to go with this injury list. And I, I, before we predict week six and preview and predict these games, these top matchups, let's talk about the injury list around the league. The injuries are, I think, are becoming a concern for me at this point. That's why I brought the injury list up because it's becoming a concern. I, I think a lot of people are getting hurt and a lot of star players are on IR. Um, and we're about to go through and go through it and, you know, talk about it, but, uh, it's just a tough break for some of these guys. Now that we got some guys coming back, but we got some dudes that are, uh, getting hurt. And it's, it's one of those things where I, I brought it up in a previous episode. We probably need to limit training camp days and we need to limit preseason. It's just so if we're, if we're going to have an 18 week season, let's limit some stuff and get them some rest and get them conditioned. Also get them conditioned enough to play the 18 week season. So let's go with the injury list. Dolphins running back Devon A. Chain. He will miss four games and go on IR due to his knee. He injured it during the game against the Giants. Now, 
I'm going to go with the Giants injury report in a minute because they got three. So, Dolphins running back, Devon A-Chain will miss four games and go on IR due to his knee injury. Vikings wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, that is something you did not want to hear on an injury list. The reigning defending current offensive player of the year, Vikings receiver, Justin Jefferson, will miss four games and go on IR due to his hamstring injury. So, week six, seven, eight, nine, he will miss. He's going to be back Week 10, so week 10, week 11 is when we will see Justin Jefferson back on the football field. Due to his hamstring injury that he injured during a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions. Now, Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson, he will miss four games and go on IR due to a shoulder injury. So he will miss the next four games. Gardner Minshew will start in his place this Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bills linebacker Matt Milano, this is what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about the Jaguars and the Bills game. Matt Milano, he will miss the rest of the season with a fractured knee. He will is he expected to have surgery and he will be out for the remainder of the year. Giants, let's go with the Giants really quick. Giants left tackle Andrew Thomas is still out with a hamstring injury. His status is, is still to be determined for the Bills Sunday night. Uh, he's been out for the majority of the year due to his hamstring. Saquon Barkley, Giants running back, he practiced all week in limited fashion, and his status is still yet to be determined versus the Bills Sunday night. They're just kind of taking it week to week with the sprained ankle he suffered against the Arizona Cardinals. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, this is something that you did not want to see this past Sunday. He hurt his neck versus the Dolphins. He says it's a little bit sore, but he's making progress as he's heading into the direction of playing Sunday night. So he's heading in the right direction to play and start Sunday night against the Bills. But Daniel Jones is, you know, hurting his neck. That's, that's something you got to be tread careful with. And you got to, you know, just play it lightly, right? Uh, the Giants... It's a tricky one for the Giants this season, and it's something that you probably cannot afford. You can't afford too, more, too many more injuries, especially with the stretch that you got coming up. So uh, the Chargers, let's go with the Chargers really quick before we conclude the injury list of the NFL, going around and updating everybody on the injuries. Chargers running back Austin Eckler will return. He is back. He will return versus the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. He had been out with an ankle injury. He suffered against the Dolphins in the season opener. Uh, he is back week six and ready to go. Uh, he said he, there's a 99 percent chance he'll play Monday night. So he's pretty he's, he's doing pretty good. You need Austin Eckler back. Safety, Derwin James for the Chargers. He's also coming back after missing last uh, last week's game. Not this past Sunday because they were on bye, but the last game they played. And well, hey, they're back. Derwin James is back versus the Cowboys Monday night. So Chargers, here we go, right? They're looking like they're back with on the you know on the on the flip side of things, so that's a good way to end it with some good news. Uh, the other news is you know the other news is the other news, right? The other news with uh, Matt Milano being hurt, Vikings Justin Jefferson being hurt. It's just not good, and that's why I said we probably need to change up a lot what's going on in the preseason. And change a lot up at training camp because we need to get them conditioned right and get them well enough rested so they can be okay to play an 18-week schedule. So uh, thoughts and prayers and wishes to speedy recovery to everybody on the injury report list for week six. So 
Let's go on to week six and preview and predict these games before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Starting with the Ravens and the Titans in London. Another international game this week. Ravens versus Titans. Uh, Titans coming off of a loss. Coming off of a loss to the... I think it was I think the Colts. They're coming off the loss to the Colts. So, coming off the loss to the Colts. Ravens coming off of a loss to the Steelers. Surprising loss to the Steelers because... Because... They were leading that game. They were leading that game up into the fourth quarter, 10-3, until they got put, they got scored 14 unanswered on them. So something's got to give here. Ravens versus Titans. Ravens are in desperate need of a bounce back, and here are the keys for them. So two keys for the Ravens, two keys for the Titans. Why not? I'll just go with two, right? So the Ravens, don't take your foot off the gas if you're Baltimore. I, I I would assume just don't take your foot off the gas and do not let them try to come back. You know, keep your foot on the gas and keep on playing physical football. Also, better ball security. I think fumbles are starting to add up to them as well. Um, that's another thing. I would have better ball security and stop, you know, getting rid of the football and turning the ball over. So better ball security in this one. For the Titans, just keep feeding DeAndre Hopkins. He's been playing exceptionally well on this new offense for them. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's been throwing his way. He's been catching and making the plays. I would just keep on feeding DeAndre Hopkins. And next and last, contain the Ravens' pass catchers and make them miss. And by make them miss, I mean they've been struggling with dropping the balls too. Ravens not only been, you know, fumbling and turning the ball over with ball security, ball security as in catch the football and make those catches and make those throws, you know, make those plays. Mark Andrews, and that's not just Mark Andrews, it's Mark Andrews, it's Zay Flowers, all of them just play a lot better when catching the ball. The, the secondary needs to make those, make them miss, keep making them miss and keep making them drop footballs and adding some pressure to those pass catchers. Who do I have one in this game? I think it's going to be close. I think the Ravens are going to be in the dogfight, but I think the Ravens pull this one out. I think they win by a score of 24-17, Ravens 24, Titans 17, and they end up winning and they move on to next week. Titans go back to the drawing board in the AFC South and in the AFC. So the Ravens get it done 24-17. AFC South matchup, speaking of this one, Colts and the Jaguars. I wanted to talk about this one. This is going to be an interesting game. Colts coming off of a win. Jaguars coming off of a win. Something's got to give here. Gardner Minshew starting in place of Anthony Richardson, who will be out for the next four games. Jonathan Taylor is back for the Colts. And we're ready to rock and roll with the Colts. Colts are looking good. They're, they're you know, Feeling pretty confident. They got their star running back back. Uh, they look pretty good with Gardner Minshew. They won. They they feel good. Jaguars coming off of a high win against the Buffalo Bills in London. Uh, they they feel pretty good. They're three and two. Both teams are three and two. Something's got to give. So key number one for the Colts. Key number and then key number uh, you know key for the Jaguars and a you know a, a key for both teams right. So. Colts key is to feed Jonathan Taylor and and just ease him back into the game, but then let him explode. Let him let him ease him back into the game at, you know in the first part of the game and then just let him take off. Let him play and let him play to how you know how we all know how he plays and how he's a game changer on the ground. So feed Jonathan Taylor. On the flip side of that for the Jaguars, feed Travis Etienne. Feed him the ball because what he's been doing on the ground has been impressive. I like I like him as a running back. I like him as a runner. Just feed him the football and feed Travis Etienne. So feed the running backs. That's pretty much it. Get the ground game going for both teams. Now, third 
Third one. This is just basic football 101 here. Third one, and it's for both teams. Who plays better at quarterback? Who has the better quarterback play Sunday uh, You know, against each other? Uh, that's the, the biggest key. Whoever plays better at quarterback wins this one. So, who do I have winning it? <laughs> I got the Jaguars pulling this one out. I think the Jaguars are going to go four and two. I think they're just playing a little bit better, and it's a tiny bit better than the Colts. The Colts are playing good, just not as well as the as the Colts. Uh, I think uh, as the uh, as the Jaguars. Sorry, as the Jaguars. Uh, I got distracted. I was looking at my hand. Uh, the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are you know. Throwing the ball a little bit better. They're making their plays a little bit better. They're adding progressions a little bit better. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing a lot better this season. I I like the Jaguars in this one. Give me them by a score of, and you know what? I'm going to make it even low. It's going to be a little bit low scoring. So I'll make it 17-10. Jaguars 17, Colts 10, and I think they go 4-2 and two while the Colts go to 3-3 three and three on the year. And they take a little bit of a hold of that AFC South once more. Two more games, Lions at Buccaneers, and this one's an interesting one. The four and one, the four and one Lions, and the three and one Buccaneers. Buccaneers were on by Lions four and one. Something's got to give. Both teams are playing pretty exceptionally well and overachieving their expectations for the year so far. Key to the Lions, their defensive line as usual, winning the line of scrimmage and causing some chaos to Baker Mayfield, which means causing Baker Mayfield to make some mistakes, causing him to you know do different looks that are, you know, uncomfortable for him. Just make him uncomfortable. When you got guys like Benito, uh, Benito Sanchez, and you got guys like Aiden Hutchinson, uh, I mean, when you got guys like Benito and Aiden Hutchinson on the, on the D line, I'm just saying, I think those guys are pretty, you know, pretty solid for that, that front seven for the D line. I like the lines and, uh, you know, the lines look good on D line. So Buccaneers, they try to confuse the defense. That's their key to winning this one. I think they try to confuse the defense with new looks. I said this about the Texas A&M and Alabama game last week. Um, they just try to confuse the defense with different looks. And it could just confuse them and make them think like, oh, I didn't see this one coming, you know. So just just confuse the defense a little bit with, with new looks and new plays that they're not going to see coming. So who do I have winning this game? I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a score of 28-21. to 21. And I think the Lions win it. I think the Jared, I think Jared Goff and the Lions, I'm, I'm super hype on them. I think they look good right now. I don't think they lose this game. I think they're going to go five and one and take an even stronger leap in the NFC and in the NFC North. Lions 28, Buccaneers 21. I think the Buccaneers play their hearts out. They go three and two on the year while the Lions go five and one. The Buccaneers, keep an eye out for them though. Even though they lose this game, I still think they're going to, you know, cause, you know, cause a little bit of tr- uh, trouble in the NFC South and in the conference of the NFC. So Lions 28, Buccaneers 21. The Lions win that one. Last game before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, the Cowboys at Chargers on Monday Night Football. You get Austin Eckler back. You get Derwin James back on defense. Good news for the Chargers. Cowboys, they are looking to bounce back after a tough defeat against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football. They need to play better. They, I mean, it's one of those things where we, we, we need to play better, both teams. Uh, number one, let's go with the Cowboys. Play aggressive offense against this defense. And what I mean by that is the Chargers in total defense are 31st. They're 14th in running defense, which is good, but they're 32nd in passing defense. Cow- Cowboys in total offense are 17th. 
They are 20th in passing and 10th in running the ball. Uh, total offense there. I think the Cowboys on defense are, you know, phenomenal. I think I think they're phenomenal on defense. I think they're gonna, you know, cause some issues for the, the Chargers, but but I'm gonna get to that in a minute. The offense needs to cause some issues for the defense. I think the offense needs to uh, find a way to play aggressive and, and have aggressive play calling. It's a defense that is really not doing the best at stopping opponents right now. So play aggressive offense against this defense. I, and I would I would hit them where it hurts if I'm the Cowboys. For the Chargers, if I'm them and I'm playing offense against this defense, uh, this defense is solid, uh, a top five defense in total. Uh, they they dropped a little bit after the Niners' performance, but that's okay. They're still in the top five. If I'm the nine, if I'm the Chargers, I'm choosing my matchups wisely and sticking to what works through the air. So Stephon Gilmore, if, if that means lining Keenan Allen up against Stephon Gilmore and that that matchup is winning, I'm exploiting that matchup. I'm keeping that matchup going, and I'm making it happen. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it with that matchup. So if I'm the Chargers, that's the key to winning right there. So who wins this game? Close game. Close game. I actually have the Cowboys pulling this one out. I think the Cowboys are going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be a close game. I think I think they're going to win this game by a score of 31-28. I think they're going to kick a game-winning field goal and ice this one. They're going to keep up. Their defense is going to keep up with this offense. This offense is good. They're really good, but they're going to keep up with this offense, and I think that the Chargers uh, just suffer, a, suffer a, a heartbreaker here. Close game, down to the wire. Cowboys 31, kick a game-winning field goal. So Cowboys 31, Chargers 28 after a game-winning field goal by the Cowboys to end it on Monday Night Football and to end Week six, Cowboys defeat the Chargers. That just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, just share around on there with others and follow on there as well. Uh, X, Instagram, and Facebook. Just type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow and like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. There's trivia question on today's stories. Go and answer today's. As uh, you know, there's uh, updates for episodes for news and hots from across college and NFL football, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Big thank you again. Uh, Enjoy football this weekend. It's going to be a fun slate of football in college and in NFL. We'll be back Tuesday to recap week seven of college football and look ahead to week eight of college football. So I'm Joel Norris signing off. We'll see you Tuesday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. For everybody out there, stay the course.